Hi, everybody. Glad you're in church with us today. If you've managed to come to church on Boston, that's impressive stuff. Uh, you might be wondering why I, uh, I'm wearing a toque, and it's because we're in the uh, Ladner, Ladner tent, and it's minus one, and it's really cold right now, and uh, I have to wear a toque because God took all my hair away. So if it's sacrilegious, we can, we can blame him. Uh, <laughs> what I wanted to do today is uh, just remind you of one particular truth and uh, I don't, hopefully you won't talk for long. It's more of a devotional than a sermon. Um, but I wanted to remind you of, of one particular truth that I thought might be helpful, timely, maybe it'd be a blessing. Uh, in this kind of weird space we always find ourselves in between Christmas and New Year's, at least I do, you don't know what day of the week it is. Today's Sunday, by the way. And uh, you, you feel a little fat and you feel a little lazy and, you know, whatever. The schedules are all thrown out the window. And you're also supposed to be thinking about, like, what next year's about and that's coming. And then you're supposed to have a resolution and change your life for the better and all these things. Um, I wanted to remind you uh, of a certain truth. And I'll just say it and then I'll unpack why I feel like that might be helpful. Uh, the truth is, scriptural truth, is that you and I have a really amazing master, a really, a perfect Lord, someone who is worth following, that knows what's going on, and that has plans and purposes for every single one of us that are the best possible situation <laughs> for our relationship with God and with others for eternity. That's a truth. And I want to remind you of that uh, because I think it really helps in this season know what we're shooting for next year as we make a resolution or whatever. Uh, resolutions are much maligned, you know, in Christian culture because they kind of give off this, you know, sort of works righteousness kind of image of like you pick a thing, you make a bunch of rules and you try to follow them and then it gets too hard so we rebel against them and it makes for a great example for like the downsides of religion and just following rules for the sake of rules because we always want relief from the rules. And the point is well taken. But at the same time, uh, being resolute is a super good thing. Um, being unwavering towards a purpose that is uh, admirable is a great thing. Let's be resolute. Uh, but it makes a big difference as to... You, what, what, are the, what are the things that are admirable and purposeful? And I don't know about you, but sometimes in this season, I feel as though the world is my oyster, so to speak, and I have this freedom to invent my life and go, who should I be next year? How much should I weigh <laughs> next year? Uh, what am I supposed to change about myself? Who am I supposed to become? What am I supposed to get better at? And the world feels super large, and all of a sudden I feel extremely anxious about becoming some better version of myself. And it's no wonder why resolutions have this connotation of we all just fail at them all the time. And yet, I want to be resolute. And I want to be unwavering. And I want to have noble purpose. And I want to have admirable things to have resolve about. I want that for us. And so here's where I think the good news comes in and where the, where the truth that I wanted to remind us of today is really helpful is that you and I don't have to decide what is admirable, what the real purpose is. We don't have to decide and invent who we should become. Instead, all we have to do is have the right master and obey him. Uh, I thought of a controversial way of saying it, that it's kind of like my New Year's resolution is to be a slave to Christ. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jonathan wants to be a slave next year. I actually really mean that. Uh, slavery is a complicated thing to understand because it has all these kinds of negative connotations to it for obvious reasons, because humans make terrible masters largely, most of the time. Uh, and yet, there's this reality inside the Old Testament where slavery was a huge part of the economic system in ancient Israel. And in many ways, slavery was like salvation for the disenfranchised because it meant that you could actually survive. And it meant that you could actually belong to a household and eat <laughs> and have a future and a family. Uh, and so it, I, I want to I read to you. This is a very fascinating. Uh, slavery is a very fascinating idea here in the Old Testament. And in Deuteronomy, it kind of gives some, some rules about how to treat slaves and how it all works. And uh, it says this. If a fellow Hebrew, a man or woman, sells himself to you and serves you six years, in the seventh year you must let him go free. Interesting. And when you release him, do not send him away empty-handed. Supply him liberally from your flock, your threshing floor and your wine press, which means give him meat and bread and wine. It's just a way of sending, send him off with the best of what you have. It's kind of interesting, hey? Send him off with the best of what you have. Give to him as the Lord your God has blessed you. Wow. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt and that the Lord your God redeemed you. That is why I give you this command today. It's very interesting. Hey, after a certain time, you're supposed to send them away with the same kinds of blessing that's, that the Lord's bestowed on you. But here's what gets really interesting. But if your servant says to you, I do not want to leave you because he loves you and your family and, and is well off with you, then take an awl and push it through his earlobe into the door, and he will become your servant for life. Do the same for your maidservant. So, uh, <laughs> slaves have to be set free after a certain amount of time, and when they're set free, they are given all kinds of blessings. They're given the, the best of the meat and the bread and the wine and the go, start a new life. It's, it's like saying, here's resources with your freedom to go kind of do whatever you want. But if the servant says, if the servant says, no, 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 I love you and I want to be your servant, then you get to be, th then that person is, 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 is in servitude to the master forever. And the freedom that is granted to the servant gets used to select the, his master for life. Freedom in the best case scenario is used to is to select the master if they're good. And so you and I kind of have the same thing where we're given all this freedom, all of this blessing. Our sins are paid for. Jesus paid for it with his own blood. The world is our oyster. And it's like, it's like the, the path is set out before us of this whole world and our backpacks are loaded full of blessings. And there's this moment where we get to go, what am I going to use this freedom for? And you can see God's heart, even in this law that he's giving his people, where you can hear his heart and his longing to go, would you use the freedom I've so freely given you and would you use the way that I've treated you so lavishly to turn around and say, no, I love you. You're a better master than I could ever be. This is the truth that you and I get to live in as we are faced with the anxiety-inducing scope of what the next year holds. We have no idea. The truth is, as there's a master who does, there's a... There's a, a Lord and a Savior who knows the outcomes, has, has all the power to change your heart, has all, 
is full of all the grace and ability to lead you and guide you into his plans and purposes. This is the master that you have the opportunity to choose in the face of the bigness of the world. That's incredible news. That we don't have to invent ourselves. We get to learn more about the goodness and greatness of God. And we get to say, I love you. And I want to be your servant for life. And isn't it fascinating that God grants us freedom in order to choose him, in order to love him back? I love that it uses the word love. If your servant loves you, he can stay with you forever. And so as you uh, maybe have some downtime over these next few days to think about next year, what that might hold for you, uh, I just wanted to remind you in this space, uh, don't invent yourself. Don't use all the blessings that have been bestowed upon you to, to start some new endeavor of, of, uh, of how great you could make yourself. Instead, I would implore you in this time to use this space to, on the precipice of the door, with all the freedom you've been given, to turn around and say, Lord, what would you have of me? I want to be your servant for life. And we get to watch uh, we get to experience the fullness of the blessing of having a good master. Um, I'm reminded of First Peter. First uh, Peter says this. This is uh, chapter five, verse six. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. What a luxury! Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. The master that we choose cares about you and I. The God of the universe cares, cares about, the, about who you are and who you become. That's amazing. He's so worth choosing and serving. We're uh, about to finish completion on this laneway house in our backyard. And there's all these trades that are kind of in and out. Of the, of the house these days, you know, finishing up the plumbing and finishing up the electrical. And it's always funny to see, it's very, you can, you can tell in, a, in a, like a crew of three or four who the foreman is. <laughs> because the foreman is the one who's on the phone, he's, he's a little more serious, he um, looks way more stressed, and there's always that guy, and I mean, it's obvious to tell because he's usually a little younger, but he's, he's obviously the apprentice, and he kind of leans a lot. You know, he's leaning and he waits for things. You know? And the foreman is calling and they're running around and they're lifting up stuff and there's like, they're just carrying the load. And there's this, this like, you know, this is like 20 year old guy who's just like, you know, waiting to be told what to do. And his only job is to do what he's told in the right moment. You know? And you can tell he just has this huge luxury of showing up that day. And he, he, you can tell he didn't order the parts. He didn't know exactly where things were going. He didn't know what needed to be done that day. He just showed up, brought his lunch, and waited to be told what to do. You can tell who those people are in a crew. And, and uh, I'm not saying we shouldn't take responsibility. And if you're a foreman, you know, that's, that's great. Congratulations on being in charge. <laughs> But it serves as a great example of you and I going, we get to show up every, every day. We get to wake up every day knowing that we have this leader who has, who has it all figured out. And we have one primary responsibility and it's to trust and obey and love. And obedience is salvation. 
And so as you think through this next year, you would, I would encourage you to say, Lord, what would you have me obey? What would you have me do? Who would you have me serve? And humble yourself under his mighty hand. Cast your anxieties on him and see what he might ask of you. And it's not like it's going to be easy. You know, maybe the example of just leaning and being lazy is not the best one. It falls apart. But um, uh, to submit yourself and say, Lord, what would you have of me? I think is a really, really important task. And so I just wanted to give us a little bit of space to listen and say, Lord, I'm not choosing to make my own path. I'm not using my freedom to just do my own thing and try to invent myself. I know that's going to lead to anxiety and probably sin and ignoring you, certainly. Um, instead, I'm going to use my freedom to choose you out of love. And what would you have of me? And I think there's so much salvation and beauty and blessing as we let the good shepherd, the good leader, the good master bestow on him all the benefits of his entire household, which for you and I is eternity and its relationship with the God who loves and knows us most. And so I just want to give us a little bit of time here in prayer. I'm just going to invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. So Lord, we thank you for this time, maybe that we have a little bit of reflection, a little bit of downtime in these holidays, and I ask that you would so lovingly guide us and tell us what you would have of us. Thank you for the salvation that lies in obedience. Thank you for the salvation that lies in not having to know what this next year holds, but just having to know who holds it. We're so grateful. Let, let that truth shape our decisions and shape where we're going and shape what we're doing. Let the peace of your supremacy and rulership and power bathe our decisions and, and just bathe our reality. And, and may the weight of the world and of 2022 fall off of our shoulders as we, as we say, no, I love you and I want to be yours forever and you're the better leader. Thank you for the freedom we have to choose you in love. Teach us what that's about. And would you give us a grand adventure of being unwavering to that which is so purposeful and admirable, following you, loving other people, making disciples, laying our lives down, serving as you served. What a joy it is to model our lives after you. So in this time, would you give us a window into what that could look like practically? Who are we just supposed to serve? What are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to lay down? What would you have of us? And Father, thank you that we know that the blessings of the gospel will follow our submission to you. You promise that it'll happen, and it's happened time and time again. And so we trust you again as the leader of our life. Would you speak to each one of us now and give us the courage or vulnerability to talk about our trust with other, our lack of trust, perhaps, with other people? And as we do, would you fill us with the peace that comes in knowing that you are king of our hearts as we talked about on Christmas Eve? that you really are the king, you really are in charge, and we have direct access to you and your instruction. Give us great word, time in the word, even over this break if we have time. Help us to delve into these promises of who you are and let us shape our lives after that. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like to spend some time in worship. Um, Tim Froze has vocal talent, if you didn't know, and uh, I'd love to just spend some time exalting God as the king, how trustworthy he is, how great he is, uh, and let the peace of that just wash over you as you worship. Oh, oh, oh.